Hello everybody, this is Chad Gurley. We're back here again with Brian Pinter, the Director of Spiritual Formation here at Christ Church. And we're doing our second in our Lenten series, um, Journeying Toward... Transformation. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being transformed right now. Um, And uh, today, last time we kind of, we talked about sin. Yeah, lots of sin. And so it left me feeling really guilty. So <laughs> let's talk about guilt today. Oh, good. So you intuited our topic for today. I did. Yeah, I had no sin, idea. Sin and guilt go together. <laughs> so how guilt, how does that make you feel? Well, you know, there was something that actually just happened recently, and I did feel guilty about it. And so I went to the person and said, this is... This is a mistake that I made, and they came back and said, um, um, thank you for telling me, mm-hmm. it's no problem, don't worry about it. And, But yet, I felt really encouraged that I went and made amends, yeah. you know? Because it, was, because it was just weighing on me. Uh-huh. It was weighing on my conscience, and I just couldn't let it go. Of course, that's different than the way that I would feel when I was much younger as a child, Mm-hmm. I think kind of growing up um, with the kind of hellfire and damnation sermons that I heard, yeah. a lot of times if I did something bad or mm-hmm. if I um, maybe not even did something bad, but just did something um, that wasn't necessarily good, or then I would n- not feel guilty about it. Instead, I would feel um, like I was, just, I was just a really bad person. Yeah. And so... So I really try, I try, I think that's my journey, is trying not to take guilt and internalize it so much that it becomes this shame spiral. Yeah, I, I think this is the journey that, that we have to make with this. Now, if we're going to talk about sin, we also have to talk about guilt. I know that, that guilt is sort of on the outs today. This is not popular because I think there was a lot of bad religion that gave the word guilt a bad connotation. Yeah. So this needs we need to decontaminate our our notion of guilt and and recover its meaning because it does have a place. I look at it this way: if we if we were to get rid of guilt, we would get rid of conscience, because when we have a feeling of guilt, that's a, a sense deep within us that something is saying something's wrong here. Right. Now there's a healthy guilt, but then there's also an unhealthy guilt. And what you were just sharing, that I think that highlights both of those. Hmm. There's a healthy guilt that says, when I do something wrong, this, this was wrong, and I need, as you say, to make, it, make amends. I need to reform. Whereas unhealthy guilt is a voice that's shaming. Right. That says that you're, you are bad. It's not just what you did is bad, but, but you're bad, and what you do is never enough. Right. And, um, well, but isn't that, it? I think that's so. It's so easy to fall into that. Oh no, yeah. I mean, don't. I think that a lot of us mm-hmm. that deal with guilt, especially those of us that are religious or um, have a deep spiritual connection, we we can easily go to that place of like, oh, I'm such a bad person. Mm-hmm. I'm such a. I'm not worthy of of anything whatsoever. Yep. Well, I think there's a lot of things that set us up for that especially things that happen in our childhood. 
we there might be some experience with parents or the people who were our caregivers or teachers, especially religion, that can set us up for these neurotic, unhealthy uh, guilt complexes. Right. And we begin to internalize that stuff, and, th and that, that really moves toward a loss of self-esteem, and it evokes shame and feeling of isolation, and a real hostility toward ourselves. Right. And that's not a healthy guilt. And I think that uh, a part of our work that we have to do is, is as I said, decontaminating this and, and begin to develop. Well, what's the sense of, of, a, of a mature responsibility for my actions versus this deeper voice that is not of God that's mm. a shaming voice? Right. Yeah. Right. So what, is a healthy, what does healthy guilt look like? A few things. I think, first of all, healthy guilt is that voice inside of us that says, I have behaved wrongly and I need to reform. This is, this is a cause for growth. It recognizes that I need God because I'm only human and right. I'm frail right. and I fail. And it, it points to those places where we're living less than a full life. Hmm. Where we're, we're, last week we talked about sin being living out of the lie. Right. It points to that, where's those parts in our lives where we're living out of the lie or we're lying to ourselves? So I think it's a way of this healthy guilt helps us to embrace the full human being that I am. Hmm. And that's including my capacity to make wrong decisions. Right. And I think when we can do that, that's actually, that can be very, um, it's, it's humbling, of course, mm -hmm. But I think that it's a way, it's a road toward a deeper sense of compassion and solidarity because you know, I realize that I, I am just as frail and vulnerable and I have the capacity to do, to do uh, bad things as much as anybody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we, we sometimes think that we're above it. That, and maybe that's what's gone, maybe that's where guilt has left our, our um, discourse is that no one feels like they're really responsible for anything anymore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think but you're right on about that. We, we have a sense of loss of responsibility, but also um, I think a temptation is to say hatred and anger, that's something that they do. Right. right? Those people right. are hateful, but you know, the reality is each of us has in ourselves a capacity to be like that. And every once in a while, it slips out, right? right. So right. I think when we can, we can own the, these parts of ourselves, uh, that puts us into community and compassion. And so really, when we feel a, a healthy sense of guilt, it, it, it's, it's a cause of grace, and it's an effect of grace. You know, when we feel that, that's, that's God breaking through to us hmm. and inviting us to, to growth. Mm -hmm. and, and repentance, which is a kind of conversion and transformation. But is that leading to perfection? You know, the, I, you know when you think about Wesley and this perfecting grace, mm -hmm. um, is that, are, we, are we perfecting ourselves as we go back and forth with the mercy and then guilt and forgiveness? And, or are we just as human beings, we're just in a perpetual state of, of this, and thank God for grace that we live our lives through it. Well, yeah, we're, we're never going to achieve perfection in this life, and I think that 
we were talking about unhealthy guilt and shame, and I think that that comes because sometimes in childhood we're given an image of God that demands perfection. There's right. this God that demands perfection from us, right. and that can drive people crazy. Right. I used to tell my mom, I was like, Mom, I just cannot be perfect like Jesus. And she said, well, you have to try. Yeah. That's right. a lot. That's heavy oh, yeah, for a that's kid. That's, that's, why, that's why I'm doing this retreat in April called Decontaminating Our Images of God. And the God who demands perfection is a contaminated image yeah, that, that she grew up with. Yeah. I mean, it's not that she was being mean to me at all. I mean, that's what she grew up with, and yeah. that's what she thought. I mean, what I think Jesus talks about be perfect in like your Father in heaven is perfect. And John Wesley used that word, but I, I don't. It's not the kind of perfection I think that comes to mind for us immediately. That I, I, I have to do everything right and no wrong, and I'm a failure. I'm letting God down if I, when I make a mistake. I think this more about recognizing this journey to a ever deeper wholeness and holiness mm. that's going to go on for the rest of our lives right and that that even in the mistakes that we make god will recycle that into opportunities for grace and growth for us i mean i think that's so perfection is is an ongoing journey and i think i've said this before you know in this in this tradition at least in our kind of methodism here and in my tradition catholicism we don't talk about we don't talk like this i'm saved are you saved as mm-hmm. if it's we've arrived somewhere mm-hmm. and now we're going to go on autopilot because you know now i've been converted or i've been saved or baptized but we say rather I, i'm a work in progress and my journey is ongoing right and this is going to continue f- at the Till my dying breath, and even Catholicism, we say, and even beyond, because we have purgatory. Mm. You know, so the, <laughs> there's more work that we can even do on the other side. Right. But I think that's a different way of looking at perfection as a as a journey to our greater wholeness and holiness. Well, when does the conscience come in to play for us? Is that a, is that is that within us spiritually from the very beginning? A lot of you know, I grew up Baptist, mm-hmm. so it was the point at which, well, you know what? That's not true. I was going to say the point at which I was saved was the point at which I developed a conscience, but I had a conscience far before that. Yeah. So what is that? I mean, I think the conscience is a, is a, is a moral compass that's, that's given to us by God. Hmm. It's an innate sense of, of what is right and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. The conscience, however, we have to cooperate with that. That's not a one-and-done thing. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we have to continue to develop it, develop it and to be able to listen to it. Right. You know, so people can have a malformed conscience, and that would look like this. Um, a what formed? Malformed. Malformed. In, in moral okay. theology, a, a, a malformed conscience, which is to say, here's an example. Uh, it, it, we have, we might have a cultural or a societal norm about something. Well, everybody's doing it, so mm-hmm. it must be okay. I just want to be normal. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is normal. They're all doing this. I'm going to do it too. Mm-hmm. Where sometimes the rightly formed conscience will say, even though everybody's doing this, I have to take a stand against it. Right. But that that requires work on our part. As I said, to form the conscience. Uh, uh, in harmony with um, with God's uh, will for us, and also to be able to listen to it. You know, an example like this is somebody like Dietrich Bonhoeffer. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the the, yeah. uh, the norm in his society, in his country at that time, was going one way, and he was alone, mm-hmm. or virtually alone, going another way. So, But he was in touch with authentic conscience. Mm-hmm. So, that's... Um, yeah, conscious is something. It, it it takes it takes work, and it takes time, and it, one must be intentional about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would I would say this, as we as we conclude this little reflection on on guilt, I would say healthy guilt helps us to recognize our brokenness, and it it points to those places where we are sinful and have that capacity. See, that's what's so tricky about it, though, Brian. See, mm-hmm. because of what you just said, mm-hmm. you said helps us to recognize our brokenness. Yeah. So we talk about brokenness, and we talk about we're sinful. Mm-hmm. Isn't it just one step towards the fact of us being depraved human creatures? That we're just, we're just bad? No. We're, we're good. I mean, this is, this is one of the foundational teachings of this religion, is that we're created good. Uh, we're created in the image and likeness of God. So our fundamental essence is goodness. You know, but but for, our own, uh, for our own survival, for our own growth, you know, we have all these impulses that are implanted in us. And it, we, they have the capacity to, to tip into things uh, that are darkness, where we can do harm to ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we look at all of our basic uh, instinctual drives, you know, those are important for our survival. Right. 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 You know, we need we, we, we need to we need to, to pr- protect our family. We need to eat, sex, all those things. But they also have a dark side to them. Mm. You know, I think that's where that's where our our brokenness comes in. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, is the struggle to to rightly order these things. Right, mostly. So that they don't tip into something that, that burns us. Right. You know, I think, and that's, that's where sin enters the picture. Right. You know, so, cause, but we're still, we're still evolving. We're, we're still a work, we're, we're still a work in process. Yeah. Uh, always developing that discernment between how do I channel these energies that are, are God-given for light and not for darkness. Right, right. Uh, so I think that Conscience and guilt can help us point to those ways where we're going in one direction or the other. And I think also when we, uh, a, a final reflection on this is, as I said, that, that guilt can help bring us into, healthy guilt helps bring us into compassion and solidarity with, with others because they're yeah. human like us. Definitely. Yeah. And in need of mercy and compassion. And that's where you grow empathy. That's right. Yeah, that's where Some empathy is born. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Any, thank you. What, what are we looking to for next time? Why don't we talk about mercy next time? Okay. Looking forward to that one. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. <laughs>